The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi everyone, welcome to The Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondell. I'm very excited tonight to have my guest. He is a prolific actor, producer, and writer that you've seen in over 350 TV films, um, you name it, uh, General Hospital, uh, the Hatchet series, movies. So let's bring him in right now. Let's bring in Perry Shen. How you doing, Perry? I'm good, Dave. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, soap operas. I know you've been, I mean, over a decade on uh, one of the most, you know, prolific uh you know soap operas ever made uh general hospital and you know still continues to be one of the most popular ones out there and you know i know you played brad cooper on that and you know i i used to work some events with some uh soap opera stars and and i gotta tell you that you know what i noticed is the the loyalty of the fandom um you know uh, related to soap operas and and is that something that that you've experienced over the years to see the same people maybe coming out to these events and these personal appearances? I mean, it was like rock stars walking out there and the screaming and just, uh, you know, the autographs, the pictures. I thought this is the most amazing thing. So talk about soap operas and the loyalty of, of the fans that watch them. Yeah, there's something a different dynamic than watching, say, something for. 22 episodes a season and uh, even 12 episodes if you're talking about streaming platforms, whereas we shoot 250 episodes a year because we're on every single weekday. So that becomes a, a different type of intimacy that you start building with the the viewers. You're in their living rooms pretty much every every day for the most part. And that just is a different dynamic. And it's a, it's almost like a, like a, like a family member sort of uh, situation. So it's, it's been pretty cool just to be a part of that. And I, I, I experienced some of that with like, say like some of the um, like sci-fi or, or, or horror stuff that I do that has that sort of like loyal fan base. And this was something that's equal just as equally rabid and loyal, but, uh, but you know, different demographics. So it's, it's been interesting, uh, but fun, uh, situation to be part of, you know, Perry, you know, as a writer yourself, you know, one other thing that I just, it blows my mind where, you know, watching these soap operas and it's on every day and you would think over time they'd run out of material, (laughs) but they never do. And they always seem to make it work. And, and how, you know, the, the storylines continue to evolve over the years and the different characters and, and so forth, but but able to kind of keep the same core, you know, uh, uh, characters around. So, I mean, as a writer, do, do you ever, I mean, does that does that ever amaze you too? I mean, to, that, to think of all the different storylines and sometimes storylines happen quickly, depending on what's going on in the world. You know, sometimes things change, you know, by the day or by the week in soap operas, right? Right, exactly. And that's what's kind of great that they can kind of sort of get a pulse of what's going on in the world and try to integrate that. And that happens very quickly because, you know, sometimes in in prime time, it's, you know, the stuff is already set like, you know, months uh, ahead of time. So uh, where we only shoot like a, a month ahead. So we're always kind of current. Uh, and it's, if something's not working out, they can also pivot. At the same time, they're like, wait, something's not way out. Or if they're like, oh, wow, these two characters are having a really great chemistry, they'll pivot and lean into that. So that's 
been really great just as from a writing perspective it's kind of impressive um at the same time i can also it's you know i can see like sometimes maybe there's like frustration and then like they're just kind of like making outlandish stuff so that's kind of also fun to play with trying to make some of that justified whereas all of a sudden like there's a storyline where i had a I adopted a baby, then the baby dies of SIDS the first day, and I trade babies with the villain, and it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this work? (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) you you just do, you know, you find the circumstances of, you know, if it were to really happen, and then, you know, and the artists can get, you know, we'll get into it. You know, and and you're not only obviously a great uh, actor on television, but also film and and also uh, video games, you know, and so getting into video games, how is that for you? Uh, kind of transitioning a little bit because I, I know you, you probably pivot from one to the other uh, frequently, but you know, is it something you enjoy to do video games? Definitely. And I first kind of got spoiled because my first big video game was this game called Sleeping Dogs. And I played the main, one of the main villains and he's a big guy on, on the, on the game he's like you know six foot five rippling muscles <laughs> white beard all the time he just talks like this all the time and and it was great because i kind of am always limited to kind of what you see right i'm five foot seven and so they kind of like you know i'm kind of play kind of like boy next door yeah. nice guy or or you know but never like the menacing guy so it was kind of great to basically have my an avatar and be like whoever i wanted to be and it was great lord i was basically like threatening these guys who are like much taller than me in real life right <laughs> but in the game they just you know make me look like i'm towering over them so it was like really fun to do the mocap and uh the voice performance and it was like wow and and actually they started um they mentioned that they were going to do like a a live action version of the game and i was like oh i I, i'm not gonna be up for that role (laughs) even though i originated it you know most likely they're gonna go with guy who who fits that uh, persona yeah yeah but something that i always enjoyed because like you said you can make the character your own and you can it's i always i always tell people that look at voice acting is is just as difficult as regular on-screen acting because you have to make that role or that part come to life. And in order to do that, you have to act that part on the microphone, regardless of who it is. You have to become that character. Right. And and kind of like, I mean, the acting is pretty much the same, the intentions and how you get there. But there are, were little tweaks that I found kind of fascinating when I took like a voice acting classes because kind of tweak things was um like in, in live action i would like take my beats in person and i i like the eyes to do a lot of the acting but you don't have the eyes in the video game you know unless you literally communicate with the animator but chances are it's already animated already or they're going to animate after the fact they don't see what you're doing so basically if they don't see you talking the uh the the mouth is just gonna just be like you know open or closed you know and not doing anything so you have to find a way to justify and keep on interacting uh about taking those beats and making them justified you know and talk about the film when he got the role for better luck tomorrow because you know that was a that was a that was really a, a great role and and for yourself and talk about that audition process and how you found out you actually got the part uh that was kind of i really wanted that part because the script was kind of amazing because at that point i'd been acting for like six years and every time i would get a part they'd be like okay you're 
character comes in in page 52, you know, like in the middle of the script and he's like out in page, you know, 75 or, you know, even less, sometimes it's just one line. And it was always like for some Asian purpose to like be the translator or he knew martial arts or he was this tech guy that was awkward around women. And with Better Luck Tomorrow, um, he said, I want you to read for Ben. And Ben was literally on page one. And it's yeah. like, wow, you know, it was so gratifying to like, cause you know, I'd been taking acting classes and, and like, I, there was nothing that had allowed me to do everything that I was, I felt that I had learned and it was ready to do yeah. and wasn't afraid of, but just wanted an opportunity. Uh, and, and that was, uh, kind of great to sink my teeth into that and, and have really great material. It was kind of like, kind of like Goodfellas, you know, just like these characters who were like kind of despicable, but you still, they had such um, there were such three-dimensional characters that you really were almost rooting for them not right, to get caught. Qualities, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, um, so the audition was, I just remember, and the, 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 uh, um, the other thing with the flip side also was that, um, that in any project, there was always one Asian American character on a show. Like if there was two, they'd be like, oh, wait, are people going to think they're related or, you know, what's going on? You know, why are there two Asian people? <laughs> yeah. And this one is like five Asian American lead characters. Uh, they're all so well-written that there was no confusion uh, as to who, you know, it was kind of great. And I remember just all the people that were kind of being announced, like, oh, this person got this role. This person got this role. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're perfect. Just because we kind of all know each other. It's just a very small community. Sure. And then um, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm so jealous. I wish I could be a part of these guys, this. And then I was like the last guy cast. Um, so I found out like, I would say three months after I had auditioned and I'd done a movie, I'd done wow. the, this movie called New Guy. And then I came back and that day when I came back, I found out I, I booked the part and uh, went right into shooting that pretty much immediately after. When did all this start for you? I mean, when when did the acting bug bite you? I mean, was that when you were young or is it something that kind of evolved um, over the years, like maybe when you got you know, out of high school or something like that? It's always been there. I was born in uh, uh, born and raised in Queens, New York. So oh, I'm from the okay. East Coast. Yeah. And um, so I've always been interested. My mom would always take me to like musicals and, and plays and things like that. And I would watch tons of television, just like, and not just being real passive like i was absorbing things like i i, I like when i was watching like three's company i kind of like picked up the three beats of a joke from like you know john ritter going like coffee tea and i know yeah. that the third beat was going to be the funny part i didn't know what the beats of a joke were i just knew like oh sure. funny parts coming up here yeah. um so just like really absorbing and 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 seeing how you know different performances played out and why things worked or why didn't you know and and but the thing is that I didn't do it when I was in high school. I would watch my friends do school stage productions and audition, and I'd be so jealous and acting like, "Oh my gosh, is it fun?" Yeah. Actually, I remember being in elementary school and seeing kids doing this, you know, play. I'm like, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, was it so awesome up there?" Right. And like, but I didn't even fathom going up there or even trying. And I, I in hindsight, I, I, it was that all my heroes. Uh, acting heroes, not a single one was Asian, really, because there wasn't any, yeah. really. There was, it was very rare, you know, besides, you know, Welcome Back, Kata, you know, not Welcome Back, um, um, shoot, uh, Barney Miller. Oh, Barney Miller, Miller. Yeah, the, the, right. the the Asian dude, yeah. he was freaking hilarious. Awesome, um, so funny. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but other than that, there wasn't anyone like my age doing it, you know. So I I think in hindsight that was what it was, and yeah. then in in high school, same thing. 
just wrote about the plays. And then in college, I was going to do the business side of the entertainment business because I, I love the business. I love, right. you know, right. the storytelling. And I just remember, I thought, okay, maybe this is the safe, safe way of getting my, dipping my, you know, toe into the waters. And yeah. I would, you know, um, I interned at, you know, great places. Um, but I would see people do commercials and I see them act and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can do so. I, I'm pretty sure I can do better than that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. And, yeah. and I, I think I have something to offer. So, um, I, it was my, my junior year. I had taken so many credits that I technically had enough to graduate as a junior mm -hmm. and my parents are going to pay for all four years of school. And so my, that senior year, I took all these courses that I those were ones when I looked in the catalog, I'm like, oh, that would be really fun. And they're all like <laughs> acting or media studies or film production. Yeah. And I took all those my senior year. And um, and it was, it was so much fun. It was I it was like life changing. I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually be going to school and doing this stuff and, and getting access to equipment. And this is yeah. great. Um, learning how to edit and everything I wanted to to do. And then finally, um, I, I, I really I saw a lot of uh, people who had graduated ahead of me come back and they were in the business track and they were all, you know, they're on the accounting track and they're like, and they were like, oh man, I am kind of like stuck now. Sure. I've yeah. got a family, I've got a pension. It's, it's really hard now and I've got a good paying job. It's hard to leave. And yeah. I was like, wow, if I'm going to do something quote unquote unpractical, it's got to be now. Yeah. And so, now uh, right. yeah. yeah. And, but it was scary too, because yeah. I, I didn't study for this stuff. So I basically, you know, treated it like a business. I'm like, if I'm going to, if I, if I'm the product, you know, I've got to make myself the best product. So that means as soon as I go out to LA, I got to have a plan, which yeah. is getting the best training possible. I've got to play catch up now all of a sudden, yeah. you know? And, and so like when, um, actors would thank their uh, acting teachers during the Oscar speeches. I would diligently take note of all those instructors and, and study Brains. with them because they were yeah. like, they were teaching the best of the best, you know? Right. So right. Uh, that's kind of what I did and just slowly snowballed, got a little commercial. Then in a couple of years, I got a guest star on a television show and just sort of as you build your resume and you build your reel, it gives you access and people trust you more. People get know you and like, Oh, he did this. We work with him on this. Well, he gave a good audition four years ago. We didn't cast him, but we remember he did a good job yeah. with his choices. So that's kind of how it works. You know, well, I think, for me. You know, I think what you said is so, I mean, it's so well said because this is something that we like to push on our show is the fact that you are your own product. And a lot of our actors are in the, actors and they work you know basically by themselves they don't have representation a lot of them and and one thing that that we like to push is you know you got to market yourself and you are your brand and how right. you brand yourself and how you're going to market yourself because if you don't go in with the mindset yet that you did i think a lot of people become unsuccessful down the road because they're not treating it as a business and really it is a business uh, right. whether you're a singer actor anything um even a producer or a director you're you're a product uh so I'm, I'm so glad you said that and it's going to lead me to my next question is what's the number one uh, advice that you would have for somebody uh just starting out maybe something you didn't do or maybe something that you did and it worked um you know what would your biggest piece of advice be to our listeners out there that want to become an actor like yourself or, or producer writer the advice that i kind of give anybody that was uh that asked you know how how do i start doing this or, or really anything is 
is something that was imparted to me very early on and it just made sense was to, just to do one one thing a day uh, towards your your career. And um, if you do that, those little things add up becomes 365 things that you have that you wouldn't have done for the big picture because it's it's kind of hard to start from zero to like saying, oh, I want to you know be in a feature film. It's like how, what are those steps? Break it down you know, to make it manageable, you know, you don't eat a big meal. You kind of like, you got to carve up the turkey. You got to take it one piece at a time. And then, and then you, you can eat what you, what you, what's in front of you and, and it's more palatable and manageable. So whether it's, you know, um, reading a play, you know, um, a little, you know, a few pages, writing a few pages a, a day, uh, working out, um, so that you're physically look, you know, um, at your best that you want to, and you feel the best and you're confident. And so that's not a factor. Um, all those things, um, watching a film, watching YouTube videos, breaking down analysis of scenes. I mean, that's, you have the access to so much information at your fingertips and it's just like a library that's just right in front of you that of so many great pieces that, that sometimes you dangerously go down this rabbit hole because there's like related videos and you're like, Oh my gosh, wait, I'm, I'm never going to get out of this chair. But I mean, all yeah. that stuff is, is, you know, learning. And then uh, at a certain point though, um, you, you're going to have to, those little steps has to actually be practically applying them. I mean, not just being in a classroom the entire time, you know, there's, there's people yeah. who just go to class all the time and all they do is learn. But sometimes you got, you actually got to step out there and actually do it. And, and you got to fail and then learn from that. And, um, cause I, all the stuff that I've done, um, sometimes if I'm hesitant to take a smaller project or something like that, and, and I find a little bit, something a little interesting, I've all, I always try to remind myself that like you, you're, you're going to learn something from this, you know, um, whether, you know, or you make a connection or somebody that you enjoyed working with and you might uh, work on another project. So basically just doing one small thing a day uh, towards the, the larger picture. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, also, I know you speak, you, you do speaking engagements as well. And, you know, and, and you, I know you speak about, you know, the, um, you know, Asian American, you know, uh, being an Asian American actor, filmmaker, so forth. And, you know, do you feel like right now that it's, uh, we're moving in the right direction when it comes to Asian American films of, and actors being, you know, placed in, in bigger roles, or is it something that we're just not there yet? And it's, we have a long way to go. It's, it's come leaps uh, from when, when I started, uh, that's for certain. Uh, it was always, as I said, like <clears throat> those uh, Asian functions. Um, but now that's, becoming less and less the case yeah. um but it so it's it's been it's been great to see you know i mean there was to even think of a crazy rich asian situation or having fresh off the boat uh a, you know asian american family uh on on network t television for several years i mean it's it's and then showing how universal it could be when they're being specific about like kids being made fun of their culture's food being brought to lunch. And the kids like, I just want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, and all cultures yeah. can relate with that, you know, and it becomes funny and, and, and identical and universal. So uh, it's been, it's been really cool to see. And uh, it's, it's great to see because I have a daughter that's uh, going sort of a, uh, she's in college and she's um, not doing acting, but like about the entertainment. And then it's great that she doesn't have to deal as much as that with that stuff. It, it's right. kind of like, 
it's not there's not a a question of like wait what are you doing in this room <laughs> you know yeah, you right, don't belong yeah. here <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of like what i you know you know it's like oh i'm because i can translate what this guy's saying that's the reason why i'm here sure. you know it, it's become less of that and you can just move on and just do the work and yeah. uh, that's kind of awesome hey it's dave from the stage door show have you ever wanted a digital business card that would speak for you well let me introduce you to talking v card imagine this a business card that doesn't just sit in somebody's wallet but actively introduces you, shares your latest work, or even a special message. That's what Talking V-Card is all about. It's modern, environmentally friendly, and has been an absolute game changer for networking in this digital age. Now here's the most exciting part. For a limited time, you can get lifetime ownership of your very own Talking V-Card for only $99. Plus, to ensure you're maximizing its potential, they're offering a free consultation to help supercharge your brand. As many of you know, Talking V-Card is a proud VIP sponsor of our show, and I've been using it personally. The feedback has been absolutely amazing. For everyone tuned in right now, if you're looking to make a lasting impression and elevate your brand, I genuinely recommend giving Talking V-Card a try. There's a unique link on our show notes that'll take you straight there. And remember, maybe the next voice somebody hears from a digital card will be yours. Stay creative and stay connected. Talking V-Card. Um, I'm a big horror fan as well. And so the hatchet franchise movies and, uh, you know, and now that we're in the Halloween, is this something that, uh, you know, do you enjoy doing the horror movies? And is this something that you have to get yourself into more of a, a different mind frame, I guess, to act in movies like that, even though when you're maybe doing the part, it's, it's obviously you're not adding music yet and all the other stuff, but is that something you got to get into a certain mindset to be in a, a horror movie like that? Uh, the series that you were in Hatchet? Uh, I think kind of what has been a, a strength of mine is, is that I always play the circumstances. So if there's someone chasing me with with a hatchet, I'm going to act appropriately <laughs> and and accordingly. So, and I think yeah. people appreciate that because there's a, there's, there's a risk of it because you know it's not real. To, yeah. to kind of give a, a wink, you know, and then it's like, then it plays false and you, your audience isn't going to get to it if you're not right. into it. Right. So, exactly, yeah. um, yeah, enjoy the playing pretend. Right. And yeah. so I, I keep, I tell the story a lot where like, I, I, I saw this, um, a television show that I auditioned for and I didn't get the part and I would watch to see who got the part. And then in the scene, this guy opens up a door and a dead body falls out and his reaction is who's that <laughs> not like freaking the hell scream. out like you know <laughs> screaming his head off i'm like yeah. oh my gosh how did this guy get this part like you how know, would you know, react to that actually yeah, yeah shame on the director for letting him get away i don't even there's so many things wrong you know so um i think that's why like it's not a problem playing any genre i just kind of if I'm in outer space, no air is like, oh my gosh, you know, this, this is great. This is like, this is what you want, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's a gift. It almost seems like the, the, you know, the gore, like, you know, from like the nightmare on Elm street, you know, so back, back in the eighties, nineties, you know, when, when uh, there was a lot of gore um, in the, in the horror movies, but now you're seeing more of a thriller aspect of jump scares more than, you know, almost like psychological 
uh, right. type terror than than you see, you know, people just stabbing each other with knives and hatches. Right. Um, I mean, do you find that to be the case? It's more like a psychological thriller th- th- these days than 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 the old yeah. horror movies. And that's what what kind of uh, the Hatchet series sort of um, was trying to pivot away from because before there was a lot of more like like the Saw movies, which are great, but the reason why I find some of them disturbing is like that's it's like almost too real. <laughs> it's yeah. like I can see that happening, you know, and and to to get back to kind of like practical effects, you know, and, and not you know and just the magic of that and uh, and finding camera tricks to to sort of show the show the unique and, and creative kills uh was really kind of like like an art form in in that so that's yeah. kind of where the hatchet sort of like that's kind of like the pocket that it fits in yeah for sure if there was one role it doesn't matter what it is if it's if it's already been out there or it hasn't been created yet but what's that one role that that you just dream about playing and and hope to play someday before it's all over I think it would be something that's sort of like a, a strong ensemble film where it's a lot of characters, but you you you, you st- it still works. Like you care about everybody. You don't want anybody, you know, to break up this cohesive team. Like uh, just like uh, like like an Ocean's film, you know, the original Ocean's Eleven, or even Aliens with what they're trying to like trying to. Do something as a team, right. you know. That it's not just one lead guy, you know. It's just like right. a, a solid ensemble of characters, and you know, if something happens to the group to break them up. It's like it's devastating, you know. So something like that would be really fun, I think, to be and bounce off of other actors and and have magic happen, you know. Oh, for sure. No, I I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, kind of uh, not unlike maybe some of the uh, some of the Marvel movies, someone where there's where there's several. Some right. people working to get the bad guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, when it's all said and done, Perry, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to leave uh, behind uh, when, when with your fans when it's all said and done? That I was, that was entertaining, you know, made them laugh, made them, uh, made their lives a little bit better uh, that they can escape from and then just, just brought them some joy, you know? It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, when uh, all of us fans of movies and TV and, you know, that that's what we, we try to do is especially nowadays, obviously you've turned the news on and it's nothing but negative, especially, you know, now with, with you know, the war going on right. overseas and just, you know, the devastation of, of the weather and the fires and everything else yeah. going on. So yeah, if we, you know, just to escape like that and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're 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 a big part of that uh that community so we appreciate that as uh Thank as you. watchers um so you know perry i know you have some before we go i know you have some uh some personal appearance dates coming up i noticed on your website is there anything you can yeah talk about with there? us a few of the gh uh, uh um cast so uh it's october 28th and 29th we'll be hitting up uh, boston staten island uh new jersey and philadelphia for some appearances so yeah that'll be the, the most recent thing that's that's happening well that's great you know and and again you know your work is amazing and uh you know just thank you for taking the time to be on our show i'm um, taking the My time I mean, it's really an honor to have you on and uh you know you're always welcome back of course and you know we can't wait to see what's next and hopefully this uh strike ends soon 
I know the writers are back, but let's get the actors back soon. Definitely. <laughs> All waiting for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, you know, thank you for taking the time and I can't wait My to pleasure. Have you back on again. Great. Thank you very much.